Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. Give you the information and education on senior care topics. And today we're talking about seven thoughts that we have on long term care insurance. My name is Ryan McInniff. I am joined by Janet, and we come out as we'll get into it. How are you, Janet? I'm doing well, Ryan. Excellent. Well, let's talk about long term care insurance. We deal with it semi regularly, you know, mm, yeah. every couple months we deal with it. Um, and I say deal with it. We 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 don't deal with it. We're we, we're happy to have that type of um, thing. But there are some things to know about long term care insurance, and I kind of jotted down seven thoughts that kind of we have that our experience has been, and people just don't know about long term care insurance, and it's just good to know. So the first thing, the first thing to know about long term care insurance, and just kind of an overview of it, is that long term care insurance is an insurance policy that you pay into if you need non medical help or you are looking to go to an assisted living facility, the uh, long-term care insurance policy can help pay or completely pay for those services. Um, I would say, what do you think, Jenna? How many people do you think we, how often do you think we get called for long-term care insurance services? I would, I would say at least, um, the least would be every other month. We'll get calls and people sometimes just say, do you take long-term care insurance? And others we're actually working with. Gotcha. So, so yeah, it's not it's not completely it's not all the time. It's no. not the majority of our cases, but it's certainly um, a decent amount. Um, and so, the second thing to kind of know and our thoughts on long term care insurance is the cost of it. Um, it can be costly, and and it typically ranges between three thousand and six thousand dollars per year. Um, it obviously this all depends on the 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 company that you're buying it from. It depends on your age, on your sex, on your health um, health status at the point, and what kind of maximum benefits that you're looking for, kind of like a waiting period, if you want a 30-day waiting period, if you want a 90-day day waiting period, very much like car insurance. Do you want a $1,000 deductible? Do you want a $250 deductible? It's a good analogy. And that changes how much um, it costs. Um, so it is expensive, without a doubt. And and people are blown away by the the additional costs that it can can accrue over time. Well, I mean, wouldn't you say, Janet? Yeah, I mean, it it can um, it can add up, and yet at the same time, you have to. This is one case of really knowing the fine print. Yeah, because there are things that I think people understandably assume is covered may not be so. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, and we'll get to that topic in a few moments. <laughs> You know, the the other thing with, and where this adds up and this leads into number three with, with this type of insurance is you need to get long-term care insurance or it's advised to get long-term care insurance when you're in your early 50s when your health, or basically when your health is still in good standing, right? So when you're dealing with long-term care insurance, age and health are going to be a huge factor in when and how much you're going to pay. So if you're 65 or 70 looking at it, if it's not already too late by then, they might not even accept you. But 
you're probably going to be closer to the six thousand dollar range, if not higher, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in your your late forties, early fifties, you're probably going to be closer to the three thousand dollar range. But at the end of the day, you're paying three thousand dollars over a longer period of time as well. So it, that the payment might be lower on a annual basis, but it's going on for a longer period of time. So I don't I don't know which one's better or which one's worse in that scenario. To be honest with you. With what is it better to pay longer and cheaper or shorter and more? I mean, yep, it, it, it's a comfort zone. Yeah. It's what you want to do. It's what what you kind of want to do. But you know, a lot of people advise them to get it in their early fifties when there's still um, a very good chance you're in good health. And there are a lot of companies that will offer it as a corporate benefit, and you can have it deductible. And there are people that are in their twenties that are. Signing up for it. Yeah. So, and but additionally, you need to remember, and in, in keeping on this, is that um, when you get long-term care insurance, it isn't like I don't know what analogy would be. It's not like having a mortgage, where your mortgage stays the same for thirty years, right? Um, you know, you, it's the same amount of money every single month, and da 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 da. The rates increase every single year. Every three, it increases roughly about three to five percent per year. Just like health insurance, just like car insurance. So the, you know, the more cost that it is with, with people getting more money, the raises, the expenses with paying people out. If, yeah. if an insurance company has a horrible year, they're raising the rates on people. And it's the same thing with long-term care insurance because the more, more they spend out, the more they have to collect in. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be aware of that. And, you know... When you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with long-term care insurance, so what you need to know about the majority of time that we get calls from long-term care insurance recipients, if we will, or people that are going into an assisted living, it usually doesn't pay for everything. Mm-hmm. It usually su- is a supplement. It usually pays. We found anywhere from three hundred to five hundred bucks a month, right? Like maybe two fifty to four fifty, kind of. Yeah, roughly. that's probably average. Yeah. So. 350 to 450 I mean our rates are a little bit higher but if we just we do $25 an hour just for easy math you're talking four hours is a hundred bucks so I mean if you're getting eight hours of care or or more 12 hours of care I mean there's there's three hundred dollars um, you know right there yeah. so so usually these in these insurance policies are paid out per day so they'll say we'll pay you two hundred and fifty dollars per day per care mm-hmm. and if you happen to need uh, you know 24 hours a day of care well you're paying $600 a day and then you're going to have to pay for that difference so we've had situations where we try to build we we like to try to build a long-term care insurance company directly sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but anything that the long-term care insurance company can't uh, reimburse then we have to bill the the family members now if you have an agency that doesn't directly bill the long-term care insurance company. The way it works is that you pay the full bill for care and then you submit that bill to the long-term care insurance company and then they will pay you the maximum benefit that you deserve, um, assuming you've hit maximum benefit um, with the bills that you send them. So sometimes we're able to do that with a long-term care insurance company where we direct bill and it makes it the life a little bit easier for the family, but at the end of the day, generally they're using more than than what the benefit covers. Yep. Um, this is an interesting one. I'd love to get your opinion on, Janet. I know I spoke on that one a lot, but one of my biggest issues with long-term care insurance is that when my mom passed away, 
she passed away at 64 years of age. And I don't remember. I can look it up real quick. But when are you allowed Social Security benefits? Um, well, 62, I think, was the minimum. 62 is the minimum? And 65 used to be, and then that's been creeping out to 67, 68, depending upon your age. So I remember when my mom got sick and it was terminal, we kind of, you know, I mean, obviously... On the scale of 1 to 10, it was much closer to a 1 than a 10. But it was just like all those years paying into Social Security and Uh not going to be getting a dime of it or virtually none of it. It's all gone away. It's all wasted money. And I'd love to get your opinion on this because in a sense, long-term care insurance is kind of like it's an insurance. It's, It's the same thing of like you're paying into a large pool and there's a certain percentage of people that aren't going to need it. There's a certain percentage of people that will need a little there's another one that need a medium amount, and there's another percentage of people that will need a maximum amount of their benefit. And what would you think about self-insurance versus paying $500 a month for an insurance that you may or may not get the benefits of? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, and this is where when you say we deal with long-term care insurance, the dealing part is that um, no two companies seem to be the same. They've all got their different policies. They're all from different places. And what they will um, cover may, you may not qualify. You know, you could have certain issues, but it's not covered under that policy. So you've paid all this money in, but you can't reap the benefits. Yeah. It depends. Well, I guess what I was getting at more or less was, is it better to just self-insure it? Or is it better to take that chance? And I guess where I was thinking with the self-insurance isn't necessarily if they're going to give you the benefit, which is, and I bring that up because it is a a point that we're going to make later on, but it's more of you could walk down the the road and get hit by a bus and all that money you put into that long-term care insurance policy goes out the window. Yep. And, or you could get cancer and like my mom and have it only last two or three months and yeah, you did get some benefit of it, but you didn't really get a whole lot, and you probably paid in a lot more than you ever got. Or you could be the person that has Alzheimer's, that gets the benefit for 15 years, and it was the best financial investment that you ever made. It's a crapshoot is my point. Yeah, you know, it is. With, with, when you look at the way that people pass away in this country, you know, the vast majority of people pass away from the same four or five things. It's stroke, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer... Um, and it's a diabetes is another, another one. There's, I think there might be another one. There's another chronic disease. What, but what we're dealing with is that half of the reasons that people die could be very sudden reasons. It could be a quick cancer. It could be a quick heart attack. It could mm-hmm. be a stroke and then you're, you're, you're no longer around, or it could be a chronic disease, which could be the cancer that lasts three or four years. So it could be the, the brain disease that, that occurs. So I think that it's important to, at least weigh the options. Hey, in, in my opinion, if you can afford to save the money instead of paying it to an insurance company and you have the self-control to even give that to a uh, broker and have them put it into a conservative stock market for yep. 3 or 4% every single year, that would make more sense That's to me. It's your than, money to use when you need it, how you want exactly. to use it. Yeah. And on top of that, you're not paying that 3 to 5% increase every single year. Yeah. And in theory, you should be making a 3 to 5% increase off of the stock market. So that was always my kind of thoughts on long-term care insurance is like, especially with what I went through with my mom and seeing that, like, you might not get the benefit ever. And you're going to, you know, but at the same time, insurance's biggest, you know, uh, one-line tag is, 
peace of mind, right? You have the peace of right. mind that it's going to be You're betting taken. you need it. They're betting you're not. That's And that's exactly <laughs> what the point is. And you know what? I'll, and 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 that's that's kind of one thing that you have to remember is that, you know, that's the, the game. And, and you were, and that leads us into number six, which is like you had just mentioned, understanding the, the fine print. Understanding oh. what they're willing to pay for and what they're not willing to pay for. We live, we're in Massachusetts. We say it, I think, every podcast almost like you haven't heard it already. We're dealing with five or six or seven. You're dealing with probably ten states from Maine all the way down to Delaware and, and Maryland out to Pennsylvania and New Ham- and uh, New York. You're dealing with a group of states that are relatively small in size. They're very easy to go cross state borders, multiple state borders in a relatively short period of time. We've seen policies in Vermont that don't really line up with. We've had we've seen policies that are signed in Vermont. I think we had one where it was difficult because we were in Massachusetts, or mm-hmm. it it just became a nightmare because the, the company, the policy company, is out in the Midwest. Yeah, it just it just ends up being, and I guess maybe that's not the best example of. It shouldn't matter where the. It just feels like. Every policy that we've gotten and every customer we talk to about these policies have different requirements mm-hmm. on what they need to get reimbursed. Yes. No no two seem to be the same. And generally it comes in two tiers with us. We will get um, a request to fill out a basic form to make sure that we are we would be an approved company for them. And then there's the issue of filling out some other information about the client. And then they match up to see if, if that would fit. And, you know, I, I find it humorous sometimes because I'll get a fax to fill out a form, and the form was probably written 10 years ago, yeah. and there's no room for free space to put something in, and I'm looking for a place to write dementia. <laughs> there's no place to put it. Yeah. And in some cases, you find out dementia is not even covered. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's the part that I feel for, for clients because we're putting our best foot forward to um, appropriately, legally fill out this paperwork and yet we're limited by what their form says. Yeah, and, and it's just something to, to think about, about how, like, you know, for example, we had, I think, an issue where we provided care for somebody and then after they canceled services or later in the care process when we had been already providing care for months, they found out that there was a long-term care insurance policy. They called up and we talked to the long-term care insurance policy and what they needed, which we had never needed to give any other long-term care insurance policy, basically would have cost, caused us to have to change the way we do daily operations with <laughs> how we do time cards and how we collect time You know, all these various different things that... We're like, well, we can't change the way that we do business. Like, that's right. that's a policy that we have. And it just became a bit of a nightmare. And then, understandably, the family members are just so frustrated because they're between a rock and a hard place where yeah. a, 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 me, I'm saying, I can't do that. I would, and even if I could, I can't go back in time and change what the time cards say. I think that the issue was the time cards had other people's names on them. Not Correct. just that client. So it would have violated HIPAA to send all of that information over to the long-term care insurance company because right. it was other people's personal information on it. So the family member sitting there going, well, why can't you send that over? And then, you know, I think we had another situation where they wanted us to backdate something. Yeah. Like the family member needed us to backdate some like. 
like we needed to give them paperwork. The, the long-term care insurance, care insurance company requires certain paperwork, certain notes, I think it was, that, yeah. that needed. Well, if we had known about that, we would have set up those notes. And then the family wanted us to write notes today and then backdate them to the days that they had care. Even though we knew what the notes would have read, we, know, we knew what it was, but it wouldn't have been... It would have been technically fraud, but it wouldn't have been fraud in the fact that it didn't happen. It did happen. They would have been reimbursing them for a just cause, but because of that paperwork, it would be considered insurance fraud. We can't do that. That's right. And so the family members upset that they didn't know about X, Y, and Z from the long-term care insurance policy, so they've lost three months of reimbursable t- money that yep. we can't do anything about because it's a lost cause, because the long-term care insurance company is not going to do anything, and we can't backdate fraudulent notes. Yeah, and there are some companies, and I even know who they are off the top of my head, that they're going to be looking for, there has to be a minimum of three points of personal care or an activity of daily living. Yeah. Well, you may have somebody with dementia that needs queuing, but you have to figure out how do you honestly make that count. Absolutely. You know, it gets a little crazy So sometimes. you really, and this leads into number seven, is you really need to know the documentation. What documentation do you need to get from your private home care company to be reimbursed for care? You, you, before you, you, you sign the dotted line, before you start services, you need to know what paper you work you want. Most private home care agencies are thrilled to get your business. We were, th- we're always thrilled to get new business. But we need to know up front what kind of paperwork you need from us. And, mm-hmm. and if, if that doesn't go in line with what we normally do, we can create a new paperwork to make sure that it works yep. with your long-term care. We can be flexible on what we can do beforehand, but in that example we gave you with can't the client notes, we can't be flexible after something's occurred because then we're putting ourselves at risk for litigation and, and right. breaking We can laws. say what we did in data today, Absolutely. but there's to say that, let me look at my crystal ball. Yep, yep. So just know that you need to make sure and talk with those insurance companies about what documentation you need and then talk with your private agency about it and make sure that everybody's on the same page with what uh, what is needed to get reimbursed correctly. So, you know, granted, these are horror stories. Some of them are horror stories. There are, uh, and just like anything, you know, the horror stories that you hear that you remember are, you remember because they're an anomaly where you're like, wow, that was a tough one. There are plenty of cases out there that go smoothly with long-term yep. care insurance. We've had plenty of cases that have gone just fine. I think I just filled out some paperwork today for a long-term care insurance company. Once we once we know what's needed, we can work with that. But it's just those once-in-a-while things where it's like, oh, this is a disaster because of the, the red tape that's involved with all of this, that we, yeah. we come up with these things where it's like, make you sure you know what that policy says and make sure you get the right documentation because yeah. those insurance companies are all too happy to say, to deny a claim because the more that they deny, the more money that they make. Yeah, and I mean, we make a point when we have initial calls from um, potential clients uh, when we're explaining how the payment situation works, we'll say, do you have long-term care insurance? Are you interested in using that? You need to find out what documents you need. Yeah. And do it right up front because those things can take time. Yep, absolutely. So there's some thoughts to think about with long-term care insurance. Um, you know, it's just something that if you have it, make sure you know about it. Make sure you know the ins and outs and communicate that with you, the agencies that you're working with. Anyways, my name is Ryan McAniff. I'm here with Janet. Thank you very much for listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox, and we will catch you on the next one.
Have a good day.